Welcome to No, no Ordinary, Ordinary Women. Women. What was that? What? You're like, no, <laughs> what was that? Sorry. God. The podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women. Are they good? Are they bad? And the bad shit crazy. <laughs> you can do it on your own from now on. I'm done with you. <laughs> oh, I've had such a great day. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking crazy. I am crazy. I feel like my head is spinning on my shoulders right now. It's been such a crazy, crazy day. So, but we're here. Rose may not be. She's a little step behind, but I'm here. <laughs> what? I didn't even do anything. Rose is on the struggle bus today, everybody. She... Had to deal with a large death in her oh my backyard. <laughs> you guys, I was sitting in my garage. I worked from home today, sitting in my garage. She's not allowed in the house. <laughs> we converted our garage into a hangout room for me and Chris. Sitting in there, relaxing, watching some call the midwife, doing some work. And I hear this loud bang, like the loudest bang ever on like the side of my house That's where the window is. that's what my neighbor tells me anyway go ahead (laughs) and I was like what the fuck was that I was I was scared to go outside like I could have gone out the the garage door and Uh around the house but I was scared what was going to be around there so you went through the sliding glass yeah I was like I don't know what's going to be out there and so um I get out there and I don't see anything and there's like lots of leaves on the ground and the girls toys were like all over the patio and so I'm, like, standing stand up on the bricks to see if, like, a big branch fell on the roof or what the fuck happened. And I look down, and there's a ginormous bird, like it, like a 12-inch bird. It was a pileated woodpecker. He um, had flown directly into my window and just immediately died. It broke its neck. So sad. It was crazy. It was huge. I don't think I've ever seen a bird that big. Yeah, they're big. I was telling Rose, the first time I ever saw one of those, I was like, oh, my God, it's like a giant bird. And my sister's like, no, that's just a pileated woodpecker. My sister and her husband are very into nature and know all this stuff. And so I was like, no, but it was huge. She's like, no, that's how big they are. (laughs) You're like, it was a dinosaur. No, exactly. I was like, it's a raptor. It's a raptor. (laughs) No, it's just a pileated woodpecker. And they are. They're big. They're about a foot tall. They're huge. I felt so bad for him. I I wish it was a small. I don't know why it was a bigger bird. If you were a good human, you would have given it CPR. I tried. I was blowing in its mouth. You could have put a splint on its little neck and rescued him. I get really afraid of dead animals for some reason. Like, they're going to come back and... Like, I was afraid to, like, scoop it up for a long time because I was like, what if it's still alive and it come like, it jumps up and, like, flies at me? I know. So I the, my, fear. my fear with that is if it's still alive and it's suffering, I can't do anything. Like, and the right thing is to, like, put it out of its misery. But I, I don't. What am I going to grab oh. it and break its neck more? I <laughs> like, I could never do that in a million years. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? No. I, the thought of it makes my chest Get hurt. your gun and shoot it. Like, ugh. So, yeah. It was definitely an interesting afternoon for Rose, so. Yeah, that was weird. And then later, Killing like an nature. hour before I came over Remember here, I was sitting in the garage again. And on the other side of the garage where the garage door is, there was like a loud bang on the door. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Was that another bird? And so and then I heard another one that wasn't as loud. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I go out front and I'm like looking around and there's a the little neighbor boy across the street. He's like picking up acorns and not looking at me like he wouldn't make eye contact. 
And I was like, I bet you he was throwing acorns over here. <laughs> so I looked at my camera, and sure enough, he's over there throwing acorns at my car <laughs> and then cheering for himself. Aw, <laughs> he found a game. Yeah. You just happened to be the Brennavid <laughs> joke. If I would have known, I would have gone out there and been like, Aw, well, he was having fun. He was like one with nature. He was probably throwing rocks at you because you freaking killed a bird. He was waiting for his mom to come out, and then she came out, and he was like, oh, okay, let's go. He's like, ran to the car. Yeah, he's like, I'm not getting my ass beat over that. Charlotte's mom came out, and she's mean. Yeah, she is. She's a crazy one. She's a real bitch. For sure. So, Rose, our cocktail today, surprise, surprise. For the whole month has been Barrazzo's Margaritas because you guys know we love them. So just wanted to give them a shout out. We're having the watermelon margaritas tonight. They're delicious. Right, did you put alcohol in mine? It doesn't taste like there's any alcohol put in Put some it. more in, bitch. It's right there. Yeah. I brought extra. I'm not falling for that again. What? What I did to you last week when I'm like, you didn't put alcohol in there. Oh, and then, <laughs> then, I... then you double-dosed your well, drink. I. You may need to stir. I didn't bring a shaker or anything. Look, girl, I, the fact that I made it here is a big thing. Yeah, we get I had to go to a little pre-made work. drinks. I had to go to a little work function, um, and I was very busy at work, and so I worked until the very last second, and then ran out the door um, up on Carter Mountain. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Anybody that lives here knows where Carter Mountain is, but it's a beautiful apple orchard up on the top of the southwest uh, a mountain on the southwest oh mountain God. sorry Turn didn't know computer that. Off. i don't want to try the new bing let's <laughs> go into mute mode anyway um so it's beautiful there and maybe i'll post a little picture on because i did a panorama tonight it's just stunning it you is can really see the beautiful entire, the entire you can see the entire town of charlottesville and then straight to the blue ridge mountains from the one side and then if you look on the other side you're at the very top of a mountain you can see east as far as you can possibly see and it's just completely flat because there's no mountains east yeah. of us so it's very cool um i can see carter's mountain from work i yeah yeah i can see it from my house can you i waved to myself but my myself didn't see me <laughs> because i was on carter mountain <laughs> no there's no like delayed no no <laughs> so when you got home, no delay you no i couldn't i can see it better in the in the winter if you sit on my after fall if you sit on my back patio you can see all the mountains yeah it's so beautiful in the summer it's the trees are a little thick so i need to just i thought you liked it like that huh i thought you liked that one's thick i like i like thick i'm all about the thick trees and forest so rose today i'm gonna so i don't know if anybody knows this but i'm gonna tell (laughs) you i am from originally from long island long island long island new york i grew up in brentwood which is Suffolk County. Um, so anyway, so this story always kind of like rang, you know, like close to me because it's just some of the, you know, the the stories, the movies and stuff that come out when they're talking with their New York accents. It just makes me giggle because it's just how it was, you know, for me growing up. Okay. All right. So Sorry. today I'm going to tell you about the Long Island Lolita. Arriba! I don't I think you're you're confusing two um, cultures there. Isn't Lolita Spanish? Oh, is it? I was just thinking. I thought it Italian? was Spanish. It could be Italian. It could be both. Anyways, a lot. I mean, a I lot just of Italians Long on Long Island. A yeah, lot of Italians Long on Long Island. So uh, today you'll hear my Italian accent oh, quite a bit. We'll be you talking guys, about. Uh, if you want to stop the podcast now, I understand. I have to suffer through it, but you can leave. 
You have the option. If you want us to stop the podcast, go on and give us five stars. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll make us stop. That'll make us stop. <laughs> so, Amy Fisher, a 16-year-old girl from Long Island, of, I almost said Virginia, New York, <laughs> had her parents... Oh, my God. Amy Fisher and her dad... It's going to be rough. <laughs> ...took her dad... Took <laughs> what? <laughs> Lynn, what the fuck? Are we going to do this again? We're going to do this again. (laughs) So a girl named Amy Fisher, at age 16, had caused some damage to her vehicle. So she and her dad brought her car to a mechanic body shop. At this time in her life, she was having a friends with benefits relationship. I never. <gasps> with a boy named Chris from high school. Oh, my God. Can Those you believe Chris's, it? They're the they're, and, little and horrors. with benefits? That's just horrible. I know. Lynn would never do that. Nope. Never. Anyway, Amy was born on August 24th. <laughs> Amy was born on August 21st, 1974. I can't talk. Joey... The man at the shop. But a was fico? Joey Butafuco. Oh, is that really his name? It's Joey Butafuco. <laughs> so I thought it was Butafuco, but it's Butafuco. Joey Butafuco was married to his sweetheart, Mary Jo Conry. He grew up in Massapequa, Long Island. You know who else grew up in Massapequa? Lynn Pontillo. No. Oh. Who? Massapequa was um, Alec Baldwin, the Baldwin brothers. Oh, grew up in okay, yeah. And oh, Rosie O'Donnell grew that. up in Comac, which is they're all around the same area. Okay, okay. Anyway, I can see that. Yeah. So Mary Jo and Joey met in high school, and he sat next to her. He was the funny guy, and she just fell in love with him. He was the class clown to everyone, but to her, he was sweet and sensitive. Aww. He told Mary about his mother dying of cancer one night, one day, and when he was much younger, his, his mother died of cancer, and he was telling Mary, Mary Jo about that, and he was like crying, and and she was like, "Oh my God, he's so sensitive and sweet," yeah. and she just like really, Aww. really was into him. So some people say this changed the emotional outlook for the rest of his life. His mother dying young, so yeah, that usually affects boys really, yeah, really negatively. Absolutely. So they were a happy couple. They loved each other's family, both coming from middle-class Catholic families, big Catholic community in Long Island. Joey worked at his his father's auto body shop, and Mary Jo worked at a bank. They were big into partying. They did a fair amount of cocaine until Mary Mary Jo got pregnant. She started noticing the cocaine causing a problem with Joey because she was like, okay, obviously I'm pregnant. I'm not going to do the cocaine anymore. I'm going to slow down on the partying. And he was like, just continue to party. And she was like... Look, dude, if you don't slow it down, I'm going to leave. Yeah. But he showered her with gifts. Hmm. We haven't talked about any men like that, have we? <laughs> he showered her with gifts to make her stay. I've never been showered with gifts. Yeah, well, Even if I was in a bad relationship. Narcissistic. <laughs> did your ex-husband do that? Um, yeah. He bought me a horse, girl. When, oh, did he? Yeah, he bought me a horse when he cheated on me. Hello. So, Nobody Mary J. Nobody ever bought Jay... me a horse. What? Nobody ever bought me a horse. Of course. <laughs> Mary J. started having really bad anxiety. She wanted to move. Mary J.? Oh, my God. You're going to change her name every time? There we go. Mary Jo started having really bad anxiety. She wanted to move with Joey and the kids to live closer to their parents. She found a house near the water in Massapequa. 
at the time they were living about 30 minutes away in like in like a starter home kind yeah. of thing. So the day of the closing of the house, they were like on the shore. They were living like it was a really nice neighborhood. And the day of the closing, she found out there was he had told her, hey, I'll take care of selling the other house. You just take care of buying the new house oh. and getting us all settled. The day of the closing, she found out there was no buyer for the house. <gasps> he had lied to her. And he owed his drug dealer so much money that he signed the house over to his <gasps> drug dealer. And she was like, Joey, what the fuck? Can you imagine? I, I would absolutely come unglued. So Mary J put her foot down. She's like, you got to get this. You got to get your shit together. This is not OK. So he completed rehab in the late 80s, trying to get his life in order, get off the cocaine and stuff. So late 1990, I'm going to switch over now to Amy. She was an only child and was pretty freaking spoiled. Her parents pretty much did whatever she wanted. Um, she was sexually assaulted by a man her parents hired to retile her family's bathroom. Oh, no. Yeah. So she, her parents owned um, upholstery comp- uh, an upholstery, a furniture upholstery company. When Amy brought the car in with her dad, so now we're back to that. So they brought the car in. They were like, let's get it fixed. And, and her dad was like, you know, she just started driving. Whenever she yeah, gets right. fixed, she'll just bring it in. Just send me the bill kind of thing. Okay. And, he was, and Joey's like, oh, that's, he was happy to complete any and how old is needed. Joey at this time? Like 30... Eight? Okay. Um, I think. I'm not positive, but I think. That's so very young. She would bring her car back. She and Joey started what'd you say? That's, that's, very, that's very young. No, it's not. She <laughs> would she would do things to her car like on purpose so she could bring it back to Joey. Oh, so she kinda had a crush on him? Yeah. Okay. So she would bring it back over and over again. And she thought Joey was her friend. He would buy her lunch. They'd sit and have mm, pizza. Not good. And then she like started like really getting into him. And then she started fighting more, more with her parents at the same time. At one time, she got in a fight with her parents, stormed out of the house, and drove to her aunt's house. Not telling her parents where she was or what she was doing, her father filled out a missing persons report stating that she was uncontrollable and he didn't know how to handle her. So that spring, Amy started dating a classmate, Christopher. They were friends with benefits, as I said. Uh, Chris felt like Amy had feelings for someone else. He knew something was, like, preoccupying her. But he was like, oh, it's just friends with benefits. You know, I'm not going to get into it. So Amy was taking every chance to get her car to the body shop and see Joey. Uh, On July 2nd, 1991, Amy dropped her car off, and she didn't have a ride home, so Joey offered to bring her home. The trip should have taken about 10 minutes, according to the guy at his shop, the guys at his shop, but he was gone for three hours. Oh, shit. They started meeting Joey and Amy. So Joey and Amy went to her house. He went in. He's like, let me check out your house or something. And he made, you know, got her to let her in. Oh, gross. And showed her a room. And they ended up having sex in Uh, her room for like two hours. she's 16 and he's like late 30s? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So they started meeting every day at Amy's house. Joey had a boat on his boat or at a hotel. Or they'd go into the apartment above the body shop. Um, she was like, she just was really excited about dating an adult because it was a whole new world for her. She was like, and at the time she was working a retail job at Sunrise Mall. That's where we used to go as kids. We go to the oh, mall really? and go to Sunrise Mall. Yeah. And I bet he's telling it's her this whole time, like, oh, you're so much, you know, more mature than everyone oh, yeah. else your age. He and... was blowing smoke yeah. up her ass, constantly telling her how much he loved her oh, and yeah. how much he hated Mary Jo oh, and how sure. everything. Yeah. So 
She ended up not keeping the job very long because she always called in sick or she showed up late. So then she told Joey, she's like, I need money. I don't have a job. I got I lost my job. And um, he was like, you know, I have some friends at this company. Let me line you up. Well, it was an escort service. Oh, no. Alba Escort Services. Um, she would make 85 to $300 per hour. Wow. Yeah. There was about 200, uh, I'm sorry, about two dozen women that were working there. And the service was known to provide drugs to their clients as, as well as sex and oh, yeah. companionship. Could you ever do that? Did, did I? Could you? Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't think I could, honestly. I don't think I could. I feel like that would be so hard. Like, I could do the thing where, like, oh, I need you to come with me and oh, be yeah. my arm candy for yeah. a party. I, could, I, could, I couldn't do that. I could do that. I would hate every second of that. That would be more torture than having sex with random strangers. No, but I wouldn't. And, and I think that they all expect sex after those things. Oh, yeah. But, but the like, I just, I can't. Even I'm not a very emotional sex person. Like, mm-hmm. I don't attach my emotions to it very much. But it, it's still, like... I don't know. I find it. I don't know. I, I feel, feel like, like it would be, be really gross. hard. Like, because you know, you know that the you'd kind be with of a guy, men, right. right? You'd get a guy, and he would like have a weird smell right. or something like that. And you'd be like, "Oh my god, I got to just get this yeah. over." And I couldn't do that. If no. it was like you were guaranteed like good looking men, or yeah, <laughs> that exactly. you know like cared yeah, for but themselves, but many, that's not what you're getting. Yeah, how many good looking men yeah, are right. looking for us? Right, right. exactly. So you're getting some creepy ass weirdos. Amy was able to get a fake ID saying she was 21 and she started working as an escort. She had a regular clientele of about 10 men. So she was having some weird symptoms and she was like, what's going on? And she told her mother and so her mother's like, we need to go to the GYN. So they she took her and she ended up having chlamydia. Oh. So her mother's like, what the fuck? I thought she, she was going to be pregnant. She told Joey, she told her parents that she got chlamydia from Joey. <gasps> and so her parents were furious. They were like, What the fuck? What do you mean? And so her dad was livid, obviously. So they confronted him and he lied and said he was happily married. He didn't. He. What are you talking about? She's lying. Yeah. She's a child. Yeah. I would never. So when her parents confronted her again about where she got it, she protected Joey. So they continued their affair. And Amy thought that she and Joey could marry one day. And they were in love. They were. Everything was bliss and perfect. Joey would brag about about his wife in front of Amy and make her angry. He'd be like, I have the best wife. She's beautiful. She's such a good wife and mother. And he would say this just to piss her off. Yeah, right. So summer of 1991, Amy reached out to Chris, her friends with benefits dude, uh, to see if he could help her get a gun to get rid of Mary Jo. Because, oh, God, no. Because at this point, Joey was constantly complaining about, according to Amy, Joey was complaining about a horrible wife and if he could get rid of her, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, Amy's saying that he was always bragging about his wife and talking about what a great mother she was. Yeah. So I'm not sure. It's, he well, said, he she was said, probably, kinda. when they were doing well, he and Amy were doing well, he was probably saying, oh, yeah, Mary Jo's a bitch and whatever. Right. But when they were fighting, he was probably like, oh, yeah, She's you know, I like her better. Oh, yeah, because he was totally a manipulator, oh, yeah. without a doubt. So she was certain if she killed Mary J, Mary Joe, she would have no repercussions because she was like he had told her you're a teenager, they don't they don't prosecute kids, this and that. Oh, so he's in on it? So he's he's in, this is what she was saying that he was encouraging her. Mm. He said you're a kid, they'll never do anything, they won't let anything bad and he would never let anything bad happen to her. It seemed cool, glamorous, adult to plan this murder just like her life as an escort. It was like this whole different world than yeah. what she was used to. 
Um, Amy knew that Joey would be better off if she killed Mary Jo. She knew that they were meant to be together and they were like, this was it for them. So Mary Jo had no idea at the fair of this time. Um, Amy asked Chris to get her a gun and Chris introduced her to a neighbor of his named Stephen. And Chris promised Stephen that if Amy would get him, whatever Amy, whatever he got for Amy, she would trade him for sex, all the sex he wanted. So, so... Amy asked Steve outright if he'd kill Mary Jo, and she promised him money and sex. And Steve thought it was some kind of prank. He's like, what kind of teenager wants to kill someone? He's like, is, is she yeah, fucking right, kidding me? Right. She's 16 years old. So uh, he followed Mary Jo around and gave Amy her schedule. And Amy paid him $600 and gave him oral sex for the information. Amy talked to Steve about working for the escort service. But mostly she talked to him about killing Mary Jo and how she could be with Joey if Mary Jo wasn't around. So in November of 1991, Amy was going to take action. She knocked on the door of Joey and Mary Jo's house. Steve hid in the bushes. Amy told Mary Jo she was selling candy for a good cause. And Mary Jo turned her away turned her away saying she had too much candy left over from Halloween. She didn't need anything. Yeah. And Amy kept pressuring her. And Mary Jo finally agreed and went back into the house to get her wallet. When Mary Jo came back, when Mary Jo went back into the house, Stephen backed out and ran to the car. <gasps> he was like, fuck this. I'm not killing her. I'm not doing it. Thank God. Stephen admitted that the gun wasn't even loaded that he had. No, no. Her first. So Amy's first plan was a flop. Now she needed to come up with another plan. So, so about, Mary Jo had no idea who she even was. She had no clue. Okay. And so the thing was is that later on Mary Jo realized when she bought the candy, it's like just fucking candy from a grocery store. It wasn't like the candy you sell. Yeah. yeah. So, Do you have any any idea how long they had known each other at this point, Mary Jo and Joey? So it was um, – this was November of 1991. They – summer – so in July – of 1991 is when she um, – is when Joey offered to bring her home, and that was apparently the first time they had sex. So in July, and this is November. Oh, okay. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. So, I didn't know if this was like years, but you no, said she was still just months. Yeah, yeah, it was totally months. Okay. About a month later, Amy gave Joey an ultimatum, her or Mary Jo. She was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, he said, I'm not getting a divorce, and she said um, she stopped seeing him. That was it. She was done. Joey said they should stop dating anyway because the holidays were coming around. He would need to spend more time with his family and couldn't take time oh, away for her. He's such a good guy. I know. I'm so, so glad he really such cares about his family. So Joe, Joey introduced Amy to Paul Mackley. He was the owner of a gym, and Amy could start working out there, and he could become her trainer because he was also Joey's trainer. She attached to him pretty quickly, as she did with most men, it seems. She vented to Paul constantly, and Paul told her she was too young for Joey and should embrace the rest of her life now and not worry about an old man like Joey. Yeah. Amy couldn't move past her relationship with him. Mary Jo at this point was loving life. She thought everything was wonderful in her life. Joey was being more thoughtful, loving, attentive lately, helping with the kids. Yeah, because he felt fucking guilty. Exactly. They always appeared appeared in public like a couple that was madly in love. They were always like holding hands and just he you know, was like doting on her. I think about it. Chris has been really nice lately. Yeah. He ain't having an affair, girl. <laughs> Don't even. He can never say that about me. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1992, Amy started to accept that Joey wouldn't leave his wife and she started having an affair with the trainer at the gym, Paul, who was 29. 
a little better than 36 or 38, whatever yeah, Charlie I mean, was. A little closer. Paul said he wanted to take things slowly, but they started sleeping together immediately. Well, he didn't mean like that. He meant like actually dating. He wanted to fuck her right away. Right away. Of course he did. He's 29. <laughs> he just didn't want to be in a, yeah. Why not? He didn't want to be in a relationship. So in March, he took her to his cottage in Vermont. She told him she'd move there with him and be like immediately. She was like, I'll move here with you and I'll be with you only, blah, Aww. blah. And so she just was living in this fantasy. It's like I just get that whole like at that age where she's just like, oh, my God, this is it. This is going to be my life. Yes, I'm here. I mean, yeah. I, it's sad. And, yeah. It, you just wonder what happened, like what her upbringing was like. Well, it was like your basic Long Island upbringing. Her parents worked really hard. They owned a upholstery, a, a, yeah. a furniture upholstery company, and she was an only child. She got everything she wanted. So yeah, it wasn't like, so I guess maybe that had part of. But she also was sexually assaulted when she was right. younger, so that could have changed the trajectory yeah. of yeah. you know her values and right. of herself and the way she thought about herself. Yeah. So Joe, um, Amy still kept in touch with Joey and then resumed her affair with him. He became jealous about Paul. And Paul told Amy that he needed, she needed to make a decision about how she wanted things to move forward. Amy told him she was in love with both of them. So she started thinking about how she could have Joey to herself. A neighbor of Mary Jo's uh, was one day, a neighbor of Mary Jo's was in his backyard sitting in the sun. He dozed off, and when he woke up, he heard a loud. He woke up to a loud popping sound. Oh no! He jumped to his feet because he knew it was the sound of a gun. He was an ex police officer. Oh, he was a retired police yeah. officer. He ran around to the front of his house and went up and down the street trying to find where the sound had come from. Things like this didn't happen in their quaint little waterside right. neighborhood at all. Uh, Joseph, the neighbor, saw Mary J slumped over on her front porch. He yelled for his wife to call nine one one. Mary Jo. What did I say? Mary J. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Here we go, you guys. Here we go. Mary Jo. <sighs> Amy was a senior in high school, and graduation was right around the corner. Her friends were talking about college. She was working as a, and she was working as an escort. A big, big separation there. So was she getting the money or was somebody else getting she it? She was getting it. She was getting yeah. it. Oh. So Joey was constantly complaining about his wife to Amy, saying he can't divorce her because she's committed to he's committed till death do us part. And the only way to fix this was to speed up the death part. <gasps> yeah. Why why are he's people Catholic. like that? He's Catholic, so he uh, couldn't. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you really fucking believe in the Catholic Church. You're banging a sixteen year old right. while you're married. You don't believe in the fucking Catholic Church yeah. as it is. What do you Have did? you listened it's to the Ten Commandments, appearances. buddy? Yeah, come on. Whatever douchebag. Like, it would look so much better for him if he oh, was... if she died. Yeah, then everyone she would died feel sorry and, for him. Right. Poor Joey. And then he suddenly turns up with a 16-year-old yeah. white... Like, what is his plan? Like, kill her and then I'm going to have a 17-year-old or 16-year-old no. wife? I girlfriend? think he just wanted to bang her as long as he could and keep his family the way it was. That's what I think. Yeah. Amy was always thinking... So in spring of 1992, Amy was constantly thinking about ways she could kill Mary Joe. It was constantly on the forefront of her mind. One night, she was hanging out with some friends in Brooklyn. She met a guy named Peter. She offered him sex for him to get her a gun. Why would he do this? He's thinking, like, I don't even, I don't even fucking know you, girl. And Peter agreed to the deal because he was excited about having sex with her. I mean, she was cute. I mean, she was a cute girl. So now Amy was about to have a gun. 
So later, I think any man would probably do it, even if she wasn't cute. <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> especially at that age, right? Yeah, right. So later, um, Joey denied he ever even told Amy to kill anyone. He was like, I didn't, you know. Like, of course, he's innocent. This whole thing. Oh so yeah. Peter was a good student, but he grew up in an area that could off that could offer him the opportunity to gain obtain a gun really easily. Amy drove to Oyster Bay to scout out Mary Jo's house. She saw that Mary Jo was home. Amy then drove to school, but instead of going to class, she went straight to the nurse's office. The nurse called Amy's mother, and she gave her permission to send Amy home. So when Amy arrived at her house, Peter was there waiting for her. She climbed into his maroon Thunderbird, and she handed him $800, and he handed her the gun. Amy asked Peter for, for, for a ride, and she gave him directions to the Buttafuoco home. But a few go home, excuse me. While driving there, she tried to convince him to be the one to shoot Mary Jo. And he was like, absolutely not. He was okay with giving her the gun or selling her the gun and okay with giving her a ride. But there's no way he's killing somebody who doesn't yeah. even know. He's like, you're out of your fucking mind. He's like, just give me a blowjob and I'll be on my Thank way. Thank you. That's mostly what most men say anyway. So at 1130 <laughs> a.m., he pulled up to the house. Amy got out and walked up to the front door and rang the bell. Mary Jo was in the back patio painting lawn furniture when she heard the doorbell. When Mary Jo came to the door, Amy said, is your husband Joey? Mary Jo thought maybe that Amy was there, like, looking for an estimate. Like, somebody said, oh, that guy up there, like, does cars or whatever. And Mary Jo said, yeah, he is. And she said, well, I just want you to know that your husband Joey is having an affair with my younger sister, my 16-year-old sister. And Mary Jo kind of laughed. And she was like, is this some kind of joke? She's like, whatever, girl. And because their marriage was bliss, like things were great. Amy said her name was Anne Marie and her little sister was 16. Amy was nervous and Mary Jo was getting annoyed. Amy was like kind of fidgety. And Mary Jo's like, what what do you want? What do you want from me? And Amy pulled out a T-shirt from Joey's shop as proof. And she said, I found this in my little sister's bed. And Mary Jo brushed it off and she said, he gives shirts to everyone, girl. I don't, you know, whatever. And Amy was totally annoyed that she wasn't taking it seriously. She's like just totally flippant with her. She's like... Yeah, because she's, like, 40, and this girl's 17. Yeah, she's saying, your husband's having an affair with a 16-year-old. She's like, okay. He's not doing that. Yeah, right. This child comes up to your door. Right. So Mary Jo's, like, stepped back. She's like, thanks for coming by. And this made Amy so angry. She was, like, shaking. She reached for the gun, and as Mary Jo turned around to walk away, Amy pulled the gun out and shot Mary Jo. The gun, and then... So there's some controversy. So Amy says that she hit Mary Jo with the gun and it accidentally went off and that's mm-hmm. how she shot her. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of back and forth about what actually happened. But the gun broke. So she may have hit her with it and then shot her or shot her and then hit her with it. Yeah. I don't know. But the gun ended up breaking. Like that's how fucking hard she hit her with it. Jesus. The gun broke and Amy threw it in the yard. Mary J slumped over. She Mary shot jo. her in the head. Mary Jo. <laughs> Sorry. Slumped over and Amy ran back to the car. Peter's like, bitch, go back and get the gun. You're not leaving it. Get yeah, all right. the pieces of the gun. <laughs> and they drove off before the neighbor, Joseph, rushed over. Like, they got away right as he oh, was rushing yeah. over. Okay. Um, he felt a faint pulse on Mary Jo and discovered a bullet hole in her skull. His wife called Joey at the shop to tell him the news after calling 911. Joey pulled up as Mary Jo was being placed in the helicopter. On May 19, 1992, Mary Jo was quickly taken into surgery. This is the same day. The whole family was in the hospital and everyone kept asking, who would have done this? Who would, you know, she was like this sweet woman. She had right. two kids and little kids. And Joey kept repeating, I don't know who would have done this. I don't know who would have done this. Dude, 
Can you imagine? Fucking check yourself. What if Chris kill, tried to kill, had me killed oh my, he, by his 16-year-old girl, girlfriend? He wouldn't even have been able to walk one step after that because I would have fucking killed him. I would have snapped his <laughs> neck. I would have ran his head into the door. Just like that bird. <laughs> that was a warning, Chris. Would, that was a warning, Chris. He would be dead on your back patio just like that bird. Anyway, so Peter brought Amy home and they stopped and tossed the gun into a storm drain. He dropped her at home and then he went back to Brooklyn. She changed her bloody clothes and then left to try and create an alibi. She went to the hair salon to get her hair done and then registered for college classes. After that, she went to the gym to see her boyfriend, Paul, and he could tell something was wrong with her. And he asked her why she looked upset. And she's like, oh, I just have a stomach ache. So when Paul heard about the shooting later, he was like, oh, my uh, God, what the fuck? But he couldn't fathom that Amy would actually do something like that. He's like, there's no way she would do that. So in the meantime, in the meantime, Mary Jo went through seven hours of surgery and suffered a stroke during her operation. (gasps) The doctors couldn't remove the bullet from her head because of the way it was lodged. Mary Jo is in critical condition and the doctors didn't even know if she would survive, let alone wake up. Oh, no. On May 20th, at 3 o'clock a.m., she regained consciousness. She had a tube in her throat, and the nurse gave her a pen and paper to communicate. And the nurse is like, Mary Jo, you've been shot. Because Mary Jo's like, what the fuck's going on? She had no idea. So Joey rushed into the room and asked Mary Jo, who did this to you? Who did this to you? And and she wrote that a 19-year-old girl had shot her. And so the next night, the police came in to the hospital room to get Mary Jo's statement. And according to police records, when she described the brunette who shot her, Joey broke down and confessed to the affair with Amy. When when the police showed Mary Jo Amy's picture, she said that was exactly who shot her. Joey later said that he never confessed to having sex with Amy. He recognized her as a customer at the shop, but the police jumped to conclusions. Oh, yeah. Sure, Joey. Yeah. Now the police had a lead for Mary Jo's murder. The next day, the police had Joey call Amy to try and get her out of her house so she could be easily easily be arrested. So she was like 17, so I guess they can arrest her without like her parent, you know, like do whatever. Yeah. Um, so Amy didn't know that Mary Jo was awake, so she had no idea she had been identified. Oh, okay. Yeah. So And she's 16 so she, or 17, so she... Clueless. Yeah. Completely Well, they clueless. kept it all quiet just for this yeah. reason, too. So when he called Amy... She said it was terrible what had happened, and everyone says that the mafia did it. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, can, can I see you? And she was like, yeah. And so she told her parents she was going jogging and went to a spot where she and Joey – she left the house to go to a spot where she and Joey – where Joey had promised to meet her. She left around 7 p.m. Within a few minutes of being in her car, the police pulled her over and arrested her. She insisted that it was an accident and that she had only – she told the police it was an accident. She had only planned on hitting Mary Jo with – with the butt of the gun, but it accidentally went off. She was arrested for attempted murder, assault, and criminal possession of a gun. When the media got word of the arrest, they were surrounding the courthouse, and the story went crazy. They they associated Amy with the movie Fatal Attraction. Oh. Yeah. And the New York Post, which is – or Newsday. I think it's the Newsday. Is it Newsday? had always is – like, known for coming up with the, the clever, like, headlines. Yeah. And they called Amy the Long Island Lolita. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's where it started. So the judge ordered Amy be held without bail. He's like, fuck that. She's not leaving. Her first phone call, guess who she called? Joey. 
No, she called Paul, her boyfriend. Oh, instead of calling her either, fucking parents. Either Joey or Paul. Cause... She told him she would kill herself if she had to stay in jail. Her parents were desperate to help her get out of jail. Obviously, they're like, oh, my God, our baby. What is going yeah, on? Right. Her parents hired attorney Eric Nieberg. Nieberg, Nieberg. He told her he told her parents to sit for an interview interview with New York Newsday to gain sympathy. Like our poor daughter, we don't know what's going on. Yeah. However, a few days after her arrest, one of her clients from the escort service saw her and was like, "Oh shit! I have a video of us having sex just <gasps> a week ago." <sighs> he offered a current affair. Remember that show? Oh no! The videos. They paid him eight thousand dollars. The media went crazy all over again. Like, it just was, like, insane. She was really living up to the Long Island Lolita name at this point. Could you imagine if that happened now? Oh It'd be God. so different. Well, they say that this— Because that's child porn, for one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I mean, they couldn't—yeah. I don't know how they did like, that. Like, back then, they just blamed her. Oh, of course. But now it would be like, no, Joey— He took advantage he of took her. took advantage a, a of kid. this kid— her emotional yeah. in, unintelligent, her most, her lack of emotional right. intelligence, and then, yeah, so basically sold her to this escort service, yeah. pushed her to do it. Yeah, absolutely, she was doing. Yeah, so Joey stayed by Mary Jo's bedside. She was paralyzed on part of her face and esophagus. She, her eardrum was shattered, causing hearing loss and balance issues. It was impossible for her to walk. She suffered from de- suffered from debilitating headaches from the oh. all the pain. The baby's going to really like her now. After only two weeks in the hospital, she was discharged. How fucking crazy is that? Right? The press bombarded them. They were constantly outside of her house. They harassed Mary Jo and the kids, but Joey enjoyed the attention. He would, like, buy pizza for the reporters and stuff sitting outside his house. What a douchebag. I know. He happened to be—one day he was driving down the road, and he happened to be listening to the Howard Stern show and realized they were talking about him and the (gasps) case. Oh, my God, he's famous. He was like, oh, my God, they're not getting this right. So he fucking picked up the phone and called Howard Stern to let them know that they had the facts wrong and to straighten it out. So they had him on the show and he was like laughing with them and carrying on. Yeah. So that didn't look so good on him. He swore he'd never slept with Amy. He was joking with the radio on the radio show while his wife is fucking like completely disgusting. Oh, my God. So Joey was now facing legal issues because Amy admitted that they had started sleeping together when she was 16. Her lawyer was pressuring the DA to charge him. On June 2nd, 1992, Amy's—oh, uh, fuck me. June 2nd, 1992 was Amy's bail hearing. Her attorney asked for a $50,000 bond. The judge set the bail at $2 million. Holy shit. What year was this? 1992? 1992. Damn. The highest bail ever in Nassau County history. Wow. Yeah. Amy's lawyer promised her she'd be home soon sleeping in her own bed. When Amy was faced with the media, she became angry and frustrated. About a week later, Peter was arrested. Oh. The guy that was with her. Because the fact that Amy had asked others before asking these other two guys for guns... Her case was about to shift. Two of her schoolmates came forward to the police and told them she'd asked them if they could get her a gun. And they did this on the, you know, on the premise that they would not be charged with anything. Oh. So now the police knew. Well, why they be charged? Why would they be charged? I don't know. They just like, it was, I guess they probably went to a lawyer and the lawyer's like, this is the way, you know, just in case. So now the police knew this was premeditated. Amy's lawyer was attempting to control the story. Is Which, I mean, obviously, she has a fucking gun in her hand. Well, she, <laughs> she went to her house. Twice. <laughs> yeah. 
Actually, she went to her house three times, so she went to her house twice with a gun. Um, Amy's lawyer was attempting to, to control the story as it unfolded. Uh, her, um, Mary Jo's recovery was very slow. But she stood by her man, Rose. Stand by your man. She sure did. Well, she probably thought this is some crazy teenager. Yeah, and she wouldn't admit that the stories about the affair were true. She was like, Joey's like, I never slept with her. I love you. Yeah, she believed him. Mary Jo is terrified that Amy would get out of jail. And (laughs) I wrote, and no other job. (laughs) No other job. And no other and. Capital N-O-A-H, like the name. But it should have been complete the job. <laughs> I don't know how Noah came out of it's that. like when you text me. This is what happens when you try and write an entire story on your phone because your iPad's somewhere floating around the United States. So any, anyway, <laughs> Amy was... I think you need to explain that. So I went to Rhode Island this weekend um, where my son got engaged. Yay! In Newport. And in my flight, Delta changed my flight from Charlottesville to... LaGuardia to Providence, Rhode Island, from, they changed it to Charlottesville to Atlanta to Providence. Made me get on the flight an hour earlier, which I was not happy about because I was very sleepy and tired and groggy, and I left my goddamn iPad on the plane, and my my iPad ended up in um, Bluegrass Airport in Kentucky. That's so, I, so crazy. So I followed it around for days, and now it's apparently... It's now, been, is it dead? No, it's still working. Um, really? I just charged it and didn't even use it. Oh, wow. So now it's apparently in Lexington? Scottsboro, oh. Alabama, and that's where the lost and found is for Delta. But they haven't opened the box that it's in yet. It's just sitting there. It's been there for three days. I mean, I bet they don't even look in it. No, they'll go... They get the... So all the... When any airports are... Have lost and found. It all goes to Scotts, Scottsboro, okay. Alabama. And when it gets there, they open the box, and then I guess they say, okay, who lost an iPad? When was it lost? And hopefully there's some notes on the iPad that say where it was found or something. I don't know. But mine, if they open it, it ha- it'll give them my name and phone number because yeah, I have it in lost mode. do it before it dies. Yeah. The other thing is when I found out it was at Bluegrass Airport in Kentucky, I called that airport and I called the police and filed a police report at the airport. And they told me that, well, when I first called the airport, he went down there and verified that they had it at, at the gate and that they were going to bring it to their lost and found. And so he gave them my name and phone number. So he put a post-it on the iPad with my name and phone number and nobody called me. And then I got a notification that somebody had opened the iPad and tried to turn it on. And, it ha- and that would have given them my name and phone number. Still nobody called me. So instead, they sent it. Now it's just traveling all over the fucking That's country. So weird. I'm so annoyed. So anyway, Amy was in pretty bad mental health in jail. Her parents tried to raise $2 million to get her out of jail. I mean, think about it. That's a lot of fucking money. That's, well, they probably didn't have to raise 2000 No, they had to, to raise bond, $2 right? million. Her I bail mean, was... Million. They had to raise the $2 million. Don't you... For, for bond, don't you just have to raise like 10% Percentage? of it? I don't... Was I that it was like her 10% of it or something? The bail is different than okay, they set they asked for a $50,000 bond but they set bail at 2 million. So uh, Yeah, so 50 so they have to raise $50,000. No. No, they asked for a $50,000 bond instead of and the judge set the bail at 2 million. So then it says, I mean then from what I read, it says her parents were trying to raise the 2 million. So I don't 
But I thought the bond was like what you, the percentage. percentage of what you pay right. for the bail. I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know the two million is what. Okay. So even a percentage anyway. So anyway, how that goes. Regardless, anyway. it was a lot of money. Yeah. So they put their house up as collateral and sold their furniture company, the upholstery oh company. Oh my god! They had owned for nineteen years. Ah. Oh. Isn't I'd that be horrible? Like, if Charlotte did that, I'd be like, girl, you're on your own. You're on your own. <laughs> Amy's lawyer asked the media Just to kidding. help, Just knowing kidding. that Mary Joe Mary and Joey had already secured a deal to make a TV movie about oh my God. the case. The lawyer felt like this was a lucrative, lucrative opportunity for Amy. He offers Amy to give her side to anyone putting up the bail. So a Long Island production company purchased the rights to Amy's story. This was enough to meet the the money that they were lacking to meet Amy's bail. For sure, it had to be fifty thousand then. Um, no, it. He asked for fifty thousand. They said <laughs> no. The judge said no, and they set it at two million. So he asked for fifty thousand dollar bond, which is like a percentage. But they they set it at two million. I don't know what the percentage is. Hang on, I'll um, look it up, Rose. I'll look it up. God damn it. Oh, I was gonna say her parents are probably. I mean, this is their young daughter. That's a bit like Joseph's age. Right. You know, I mean, everybody's looking at her as this monster, but you you see her as a child. Right. 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 In New York, allowable bail premium, additional information source. Okay, hold on. So 10% up to $3,000, 8% for 3000 to 10000 6% for the amount over 10000 In cases where the amount of the bond... Or deposit is less than two hundred dollars. A minimum premium of ten dollars may be charged. So up ten percent, up to three thousand eight percent, six percent of two million. That's what I'm looking at. Six percent of two million is one hundred and twenty thousand. So that's probably what they were trying to raise. They can't. No, there's. It has to be more than that because they sold. They put their house up on Long Island which would have been easily $100,000 in this time, this day and age. And they sold their furniture company, their upholstery company that had for 19 years. I don't know. I don't know, Rose. Hang on. I'll I mean, you don't know how much their house was worth? I know, but on Long Island, it's so exp- everything's so fucking expensive. I know, but this was in 1991, 92. The judge agreed to the prosecutor's unprecedented $2 million bail request and sent Amy Fisher to jail to await trial. Officials in Nassau County Correctional Facility left the jail at 4.30 after posting a $2 million bail. That's what it says everywhere in here. So that's, okay. So it was the bond company paid $2 million, but they had to pay the bond company $100,000. Okay. It still doesn't sound right because... um, yeah, I, I they thought... sold their business and they they put up their house and well, I guess it depended on how much they how long they owned their house, but right because they're not getting the full price of their house if they right. Still but the owe bond company is responsible for the two million if she doesn't show up. For okay, court. yeah. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. And then All they right. send the they send what's his name after you? Yeah. What's his name? Dog. Dog. Yeah. The bounty hunter. No, that's only in Hawaii. Lord. What did you just call me? I I just getting ready to call you Laura or something. I don't know. (laughs) I was like Laura Lynn. Laura? Laura Lynn? Yeah, (laughs) Lorelai. Anyway. What? (laughs) 
They're just moving furniture they're, around. Yeah, upstairs. they're rearranging the house upstairs. While <laughs> they, it, otherwise, it's a very quiet house. It's just on Thursday <laughs> afternoons they decide. So the lawyer piano playing. Yeah, and house yeah, exactly. Renovations. The, so he offered Amy. Okay, I told you this. On July twenty eighth, nineteen ninety two, she was released. Under strict rules, she would stay away from Joey and marry Joe. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to do mm-hmm. it. Amy's family and lawyer went out to dinner to celebrate. Well, Mary Jo was furious. She couldn't eat anything but baby food because her esophagus was paralyzed. Oh she God. couldn't talk. She was in constant pain. And she's like, that's really nice that Amy's out having a nice fancy dinner. Can she have a few bites for me? Right. She was pissed. Which, again, understood. Amy was able to celebrate her 18th birthday at home in August. Oh, good for her. Yeah, bless her heart. (laughs) She was confident that her lawyer would keep her out of jail. Late September, her attorney told her to accept a plea deal for a sentence of 5 to 15 years for reckless assault in lieu of a 25-year sentence of attempted murder. Her attorney told her she'd likely be up for parole in three years. The night before, she had to enter her official plea. Plea! Plea! (laughs) Paulie, I don't know why I said it that way. She snuck out of the house and went to see Paul at the gym. Girl, what are you, Jesus, Mary Kay Letourneau? Girl, do you not know what you're doing? Oh my God! Don't even get me. Oh Just my God! Stop. We need to cover Mary Kay. Mary Kay Letourneau. I know. It's... Anyway, she went on and on with a list of things she wanted to do before she went to jail. She wanted to go to. She wanted to go to the Hamptons. She wanted to do this. She wanted to do that. Sounds like she's really learned her lesson. Yeah. She also. Um, Wondered if the, selling the movie rights to her story would enable her to buy enabled her enable her to buy a Ferrari. She told um, Paul that he should marry her so they could have conjugal visits while she was in jail. These are the things that were going through her mind at the time. It shows how mature she was. Uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I mean, so, not only that, but it sh- also shows her like, maturity. Yeah, like she's a not kid. even just maturity, but just like. She's a spoiled brat, is what she is. Well, right. It's like, but see, it's like because <laughs> if that happened can't... to Joseph, he would be like, "Holy a wreck, shit!" Yeah. But I mean, but then again, it just shows the mental maturity of her. She doesn't oh, have for it. sure. Yeah, yeah, it shows that too. But it also shows like that she's been probably catered to her whole life. Oh yeah, for sure. So little did Amy know that Paul had been paid ten thousand dollars. By the show Hard Copy to put a camera in his gym and microphone. Oh, Paul. Yeah. So $10,000 then would have been $18,300 today. I'd take it. So that's like 10, <laughs> 10K. That's not that much. But then I was like, eh, 18K is pretty much. I mean, I'd take 10K now. I'd be like, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, I'll if he doesn't care about her. Yeah, well, that's true. On September 23rd, 1992, Amy went to court to enter her guilty plea. She had to go back in six weeks for sentencing. The tapes with Paul released. After this, the public was disgusted by her ploys to gain were... money from this whole ordeal. Ugh. Oh, my God. The, me- the media. They say that. I don't know if I finished saying this before I started to say it, but I think I stopped. But they say this was the first media frenzy, like the first yeah. tabloid frenzy. Um, like before that, it wasn't as much of a frenzy right. as it is now. But this and I do remember this being a frenzy. I remember this being insane. I definitely. So for some that. reason, this just reminded me of that um, teenager who. It was a, a girl and a boy, and they were kind of dating, but they were kind of fr- just friends. And she talked him into committing suicide. She was like, get back <gasps> oh in the car. Oh, my God. That was the most horrible story ever. I think LGTC ever. covered that. That is the most that 
horrible story. It is. It's one that really affected me because... Oh, my God. I was like, she's a fucking monster. She, it, I, honest to God, could not believe. I, I, it, 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 I don't remember where I heard it first. I mean, it I had heard LGTC. it like in the mood, in, in the moods, in the in the news. No, but, but I heard LGTC it. covered it, and I was like, it was so disgusting. Like it, it gives like they gave like the transcript of what she was saying to him. I could so disgusting. I could not believe. I was just like, this is the most horrendous thing I've ever read. So I do believe that there are teens who are. And, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I, just I go think back it's and a forth. Teen that doesn't have. Any, um, I, I think it's a teen that doesn't have any, um, what's the words I'm looking for? Has never had to have any repercussions their right, whole life. Yeah. Their parents like pay their way out of things and stuff right. like that. I don't think that they understand. Like the Murdoch kid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think they understand cause and effect. I don't think they do. So. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. She couldn't understand why Paul had done this to her. She knew she couldn't trust anyone anymore. She felt like people should feel sorry for her, but she was also, that she was also a victim. Oh my she, God! Why? What victim of what? Come on, poor Amy. Can you just say it with me? Poor Amy. What did she think she was a victim of? She was a victim of all these people that were taking advantage of her. I mean, she was, but she just wished the whole ordeal would be over, yeah. Rose. Oh my God, Amy. On September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety two, she attempted suicide. I'm not. That's not funny. She was hospitalized for several weeks. So I assume she was in a mental hospital, which makes sense. The prosecutor, like you just think that even as a teenager, I was a, a kind of messed up teenager. And I feel like if I had mm-hmm. shot someone and they were in the hospital and had all those issues, I feel like I'd have some kind of like, oh, Com- my God. Breakdown. Yeah. Like moment of like clarity. Right. Right. I I don't. I think and I was she, a pretty. I mean, I was kind of a messed up teenager. So I no, feel like. I was too. But I. Yeah, I don't know. I could never. I don't know. I just. I guess that's just what's at your core, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So the prosecutor decided not to charge Joey for sleeping with a minor because he felt that prosecution felt like Amy up on the stand would be like a laughing stock. Nobody would take her seriously. It would just be a joke. So nobody was going to press charges. And then somebody had said at some point, I forget who said it. I read this two different places that, yeah, like if every guy that slept with a 16 year old went to jail, then we'd I was like, what the fuck? I was so annoyed by that statement. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah. I was so annoyed. It's so disgusting. What the so, fuck is wrong with men? Ridiculous. So the judge sentenced Amy to up to 15 years in prison. There were so many movies about this whole ordeal. The movies were all made for TV movies and also played in the prison. Amy did not <laughs> like the attention. Um, Joey became obsessed with clearing his name. Mary Jo wanted to put this behind them and move on. But no, he was obsessed. He was like talking to everybody, trying to clear his name. This I didn't do this. Um, Mary Jo believed him, and that should have been enough, in, in her opinion. But Joey went on a Long Island, I'm sorry, went on a long press tour to give his side of the story. On a Long, on a Island, long Island press, press tour. tour. <laughs> yeah. He went on a long press tour to give his side of the story. He denied having an affair with Amy and claimed he loved his wife. Which is why he had an affair with Amy. Well, Rose, not Joey. an affair. He was raping a child. Poor is Joey. what he was doing. Poor Joey. And he did it because he knew he could get away with it, because he could do this and be like, Well, because no, people sh- are believing him and not her now. She's crazy. Yeah. I didn't do anything. She was just obsessed yeah. with me. But the public really kind of hated him. People were Good. disgusted with him and called him a predator. Good. He so is. he and Mary Jo went on the Phil Donahue show. 
Do you remember that? Bill no. Donahue? You don't remember that? He was like he was like the talk show before Oprah. He oh was yeah, like remember the... there was I talked about that in my when I did when I covered Oprah. Oh yeah, Phil so, so Phil Donahue show had him on and the audience turned on Joey. <gasps> like the audience gets to ask questions yeah. and the audience turned on Joey and so, somebody in the audience said, "I think Amy shot the wrong but a fuca." <gasps> they annihilated yeah, she them. Did. See, so, if she would have shot Joey, she probably would have gotten away with it. Oh, absolutely. Because then she could have pulled the, like, mental like health. he was yeah, raping me. He, yeah, absolutely. So February, but she wanted to marry him and be with him forever. So February 1993, two employees of Joey's shop claimed that Joey had been bragging about sleeping with Amy. So now, now the truth's coming out. Police reopened the investigation against Joey. Amy arrived at the Nassau County Courthouse. The media frenzy was just as it had been a year ago. Many witnesses testified that they'd seen firsthand evidence of the affair between Joey and Amy, from his staff in the shop to hotel clerks to, you know, other people like um, at the marina and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. I hate that they call it an affair. Yeah. Because well, really, he's raping, raping a yeah. child. So April 14th, 1993, Joey was indicted on charges of statutory rape. Mary Jo was furious. She was so tired of the reports of the reporters and every day her pain due to her injuries. Like she was just in horrible, debilitating pain every day. And can you imagine being in that kind of pain and dealing with this kind of trauma? Like that makes your head hurt by itself, yeah. right? So she was tired of being on stage and in front of the world. She had to figure out how to survive. At this point, she still believed Joey was innocent. He told her that he had only accepted the plea deal to make it all go away. On like, our... I'm sorry, but she seems like she's got her head buried in the sand. <sighs> well, she, I mean, she, how can she even focus at this point, yeah. right? Like, she can't even have a clear thought. I mean, thought. she, I don't know. I'm not saying that, like, everyone knows when somebody's cheating on them. Literally, she has a bullet in her head, Rose. She can't even no, think. No, but before, She's in constant like, pain. when he was, no, was going agreed. around with Amy, like, you have some suspicion. Like, you have to have some kind of suspicion. Well, suspicion. I, I think she was just burying it because she yeah. felt like things were I mean, great with them. Yeah. So on October 6, 1993, jo- Joey finally admitted to having sex with Amy. But just once, Rose. Oh, just once. He yeah. just tripped and, and fell. They had sex. Yeah. It was an accident. It was Amy's fault, right? Yeah. Amy, as a witness, made a statement at his trial. She took the blame for Mary Jo's injuries and blamed Joey's affair with her turn to, for, for her turn towards crime. November of 1993, he served a six-month sentence for statutory rape, and he was, he was I'm sorry, he's given a six-month sentence for statutory rape, and he was released after only four months. Four months. That's his great. brother picked him up in a stretch limo. Stretch limo. Oh, my God. So gross. He earned ten. I'm sorry. He earned a hundred thousand dollars for an exclusive interview on a current affair Ugh. when he was released from jail. His neighbors celebrated his return home at a local Italian restaurant. There was like 200 people at this big party. The Butafuco, but the Butafuco, Butafuco family was still being harassed regularly. Joey loved the attention. Still buying the reporters standing outside of his house pizza and stuff like that. Mary Jo was over it. She was done. She was taking. Um, <laughs> Charlotte just texted me. Sorry. I want to buy this game called Teach Your Monster. I have it at school at school on my iPad, and it's really fun. I want to play it. Can you show me the password, please, Mama? I really want to buy it, or are you almost home? Aw. <laughs> Tell her to ask your dad. <laughs> he didn't know the password. Oh, my God. She's like, you're going to give her the password? There you go. No. It's all over. She's all sweet. Please, Mama. I know. 
And then if you say no, she's going to go, I hate you. You're the worst mother in the whole world. <laughs> yeah. I never get anything. I don't get anything. You're so mean to me. <laughs> okay. So Mary Jo was over it again. She was like, I can't keep doing this. Amy was frustrated that Joey received such a short sentence while she was stuck in jail. She was taking college classes after finishing her GED in prison. She was always given intensive, intense labor jobs in prison. She said she was treated much differently in jail than other inmates. She would be punished for things that others didn't re- get punished for regularly. Like, So she dyed her hair with Kool-Aid. That's a thing that people do in prison. And she did it, and she got reprimanded. But nobody else would get in trouble oh, really? for it. Yeah. She spent many weeks in solitary confinement, which it's solitary confinement is like they've proven it's such a bad thing for people. It's so bad. I, I don't. It destroys their brain. So she developed a relationship with a I prison I think only... Child predators should go to solitary. I mean, if somebody's never getting out of jail, I don't really care, honestly. But if they're getting back out of jail, you can't put them in solitary confinement because they're they'll they lose part of their brain. They like their brain part of their brain dies from being yeah. in there. And some of them are in there for long. Oh my god! Of time. So you'll see. So she developed a relationship with a prison guard. Go figure. She sent him love letters. She was caught and sent to solitary for three months. She's a fucking kid. That's awful. I don't agree with what she did. You know I don't. But you can't send a fucking kid to solitary confinement for three months. No. She took... Clearly she already had issues. I can't believe that she was allowed to have it, but um, she was allowed to have tweezers in there. Uh I'm surprised. But she plucked the hairs on her legs one at a time the whole time she was in solitary. I'm like, that's pretty good use of time. <laughs> right? She could pluck the hair on, like, her whole body. Yeah, no, I'm saying. Three months, what else are you going to do? I mean, that's a, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, by the time you get up to the top, you'd have to you'd start, start all at the bottom. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's not, not good. No, I think that that's, uh, that should be absolutely illegal that for people be. under yeah. a certain age. Absolutely. Totally. So she said she was continually sexually assault, assaulted, sexually assaulted in prison, which that doesn't surprise me. The guards labeled her as the Lolita, so they felt like she deserved everything yeah, that she got. Yeah, and they probably knew they could take advantage oh, of her. Oh, absolutely. In December of 1994, she filed a claim stating the fate the state failed to protect her, and the claim was denied Ugh. because she was, you know, she was a whore, Rose. She yeah, didn't right. deserve any protection. Nope. Fucking people. Mary Jo was struggling at this time with constant pain and started becoming depending on, dependent on pain meds, which, girl, I would have been de- dependent on those a long time ago. Joey was spending much time in L.A. trying to launch an entertainment career. Oh, my God. This His guy. agent was the same agent that Tanya Harding had. Oh, my God. <laughs> For an entertainment uh, agent. I'm like, God damn. While in L.A., he was arrested for soliciting an undercover police officer for sex. You know... I just really wonder, like, people like Amy Fisher, what would have happened if she would have gone to jail and had, like, counseling three times a week? Like, seen a therapist three times a week or something. Right. Well, she did go to co- – I mean, she did take college classes and she did – you know, she did do, like, finish her GED and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so she did make But I'm talking about, like, to deal with her mental health, to deal right. with whatever issue she has. Her, her body or her makes, self-esteem. Yeah, to make – yeah. that makes her think it's okay to – try to murder someone i don't know if people are required to go to therapy in jail i feel like they should it should be you should have to go like multiple times a week no matter what crime you've committed to i mean it can't hurt no it's i would um i would definitely that should be part of increase my taxes so people in jail could go to therapy i just i don't understand it like 
put them in this box, put them in in solitary. That's not helping them. That's yeah. like like that's like beating a child. No, it does. It doesn't like, do any good. It's not helping. It's not helping to hit your child. It's making it worse. And I feel like they should have to do things. Like they should have to work. So based with one of the things they said about her job based on that what she was doing like she was definitely like going to school and taking classes and like yeah. completing classes she should have been um qualified for like a secretarial type of job in the prison but she always got the hard labor jobs yeah. because they didn't like her right um, but it's still that's that's all great but it's not helping her no rehabilitate because she's issue. coming she's right. going to be out right. right so the issue is that she has something going on in her head that's that's making her think these things are right. okay. Right, exactly. So at the time, Mary Jo was falling into a deep depression. I mean, my God. I'm surprised she didn't do it before then. She was living from pain med to pain med. Well, pain meds to Xanax. And she just was waiting oh. for the next time she could take them. She was like just totally doing it. She couldn't figure her life out. She couldn't think. She was in How constant old were pain. Those kids? Any idea? Um, they were, let's see, this was 94. So they were like 14 and 11. Okay. So she realized that all of her trauma, like all of a sudden she's like, wait a minute, all my trauma is brought on by my husband. Yeah. Like my life is pretty normal without him. So she took another pill to make it go away. <laughs> all oh the God. She just would kept taking the pills. So all the people that supported Joey were embarrassed because he couldn't talk his way out of this one. You know, like him, you know, actually being charged with yeah. sleeping with her. Mary Jo decided if oh, I'm sorry, they supported. Let me back up. All the people that supported Joey were embarrassed because he couldn't talk his way out of this one. Him being arrested in California for oh pro- for, right, propositioning yeah. a police officer. He said he was set up. It was a total setup. They saw him coming. The minute he talked to the woman, the police came and arrested no, him. It was a total ever setup. His fault. They were yeah. It's yeah. never his fault. They were. He was just guys. innocent, just asking mm-hmm. her if she had a cigarette, and then you know all of a sudden he's arrested. Yeah, the police were he didn't say that. I'm saying that, but so Mary Jo decided if she asked for a divorce, she was thinking about asking for divorce, but then she thought to herself, if I ask for a divorce, then Amy wins. She gets what she wants. Yeah, right. So I see this as a woman. She dug her heels in. She's like, fuck that. That bitch isn't winning. Right. I mean, like, I'll stay with him. Miserable, whatever. Because, you know, I mean, she was just in this mental state. And I just can't imagine trying to piece together because I've been in a situation where my husband had an affair and it's a horrible place. Like your brain does not work. And to have a debilitating injury and like to not even be able to have a thought without having constant pain and trying to piece these things together, yeah. you can't make sense of it in a normal right. brain function. Like I don't, I can't even begin to imagine. So the couple. I just, feel like I would be, like, at the beginning when she shot me, I would have been like, "Well, you can have him." Yeah. See ya. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm I, not. But he was like right by her bedside. Like if some sixteen-year-old yeah. is is saying that my husband was was sleeping with her or yeah. you know but she thought their marriage was bliss she's everything I, was I, wonderful i wouldn't care i would be yeah. like no she was definitely in denial there's no doubt so mary joe and joey decided to move to la to get away from the media frenzy that polluted their lives in spring of 1996 they moved with their two kids at the time mm-hmm. were 16 and 13 yeah. they had a son and a daughter and I do realize it's more complicated than, you know, yeah, kids I mean, and yeah, but I mean, she on. just she just like, you know, she believed in her religion. She wasn't going to leave her husband. Yeah. And yeah. So they wanted to start a new life. 
Amy would be up for parole in less than a year, and they wanted to be far away when that happened anyway. Well, she did. Yeah. After the lawsuit, she started getting Amy started getting treated a little bit better after she the the, the charges were dropped. But because she brought light to it, you know, she, yeah. they, they were under a magnifying glass. So they started treating her better. It was confirmed that she was having an affair with the guard that she wrote the love letters to. Yeah. He was quickly moved to another prison, but he was writing them back to her. And he wasn't fired. He was just moved. No, just moved to another prison yeah. because it's all her fault. So Rose. he can do it with someone else. It's all her fault, yeah. Rose. Oh my God! So the parole hearing was coming up, and she was certain she would be free. Her parole was denied. Her family fired her attorney, and they hired a new one. She realized she was probably not going to get out of prison anytime soon. Yeah. So Amy started feeling bad for Mary Jo for her injuries and what she had done to her, but she thought she was not very smart. Also, for staying with Joey. She's right there. Well, okay, now she's Amy. starting to mature and like realize no, this, what's happening. No, Amy thought Mary Jo was not. Oh, you, you, okay, yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah, she, yeah, she's starting to mature and think, what the fuck did I do? So after moving to L.A., Mary Jo went to the Betty Ford Clinic to clean up from the addiction to drugs. She was taking 30 pills a day at that Ooh. point. My God. Holy shit. She was just high as a kite. She was all the time. I mean, that's why she was staying with him because she just was numb. During her recovery, she wrote a long letter to Amy. This was part of her recovery. She poured her heart out on that paper. She eventually, and then part of the therapy was she like she told her everything that she did to her, and she was angry and all that. And part of the therapy was to burn the letter at the yeah. end. So she felt good that the feelings were handled and that she could move on. So this changed everything about how she felt about the whole situation. Right. So Amy's mother had asked to meet with Mary Jo. <laughs> oh my God! Sure. What'd she say? Look at this. Oh, I miss you, Mommy. I'm crying. And she sent me, like, 300 emojis. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's so dramatic. Just, man, she can push your button, girl. <laughs> but she really feels, like, she's very, like, oh, very, yeah. very emotional. That's so funny. So, Amy, um, so Amy's mother wanted to meet with Mary Jo, and Mary yeah. Jo met with her. And, oh, really? Yeah, and so she had asked, I don't know if she asked her or whatever happened, but... Mary Jo said that Amy could write her a letter. So Amy wrote her a letter, and she sincerely apologized. She spoke about how what she did was the worst thing she could ever have done to another human okay. being. And she said that, you know, she, you know, is not, she's not saying that it's anybody else's fault. And she, she just was really honest and brutal, like brutally honest with Mary Jo about how, you know, things that she went through. And so she said, and then so Mary Jo read the letter, and her feelings softened for Amy. Yeah. She probably felt like Amy was partially a victim at this point, because she was. I mean... You have to take the anger out and see the, you know, yeah. the I light. Yeah, I mean, she was a total. It was she was a child. Yeah, so she didn't hate her anymore, but she, she wasn't going to be her friend or anything. But yeah, she understood right. she was also a victim. Yeah. Um, Amy's new lawyer, <laughs> wait to hear this. While trying to handle her case, found records that her first lawyer was sending love letters, poems, and confessions of love to Amy in oh jail. Oh my god! Another fucking grown man. So disgusting. Amy had been like, yeah, he was sending to me. But she was like, oh, she just, it was like to her, that was like what men did. Right. Yeah. But she didn't even think that it was something wrong. Right. Because she's so used to being a victim. Oh, my God. It's so fucking sad. When I read that, I was like, this is horrible. I mean, I, obviously the whole thing's horrible. But so her new lawyer pleaded with the courts to vacate her sentence because this lawyer was not, right. you know, was like playing with her emotions. Mary Jo attended the hearing. 
and Amy was released from jail. When Mary jo- so Mary Jo went to the hearing in New York. And so when she went home to L.A., Joey was furious. He was like, I can't believe you forgave her. I will never forgive her. And then Mary Jo realized where the real problem was in her life. Yeah. This, the Betty Joey. Ford thing was the best thing she could have ever done. She filed for divorce. The divorce was final in 2003 after separating in 1999. They had been married for 23 years. After the divorce, Joey returned to the auto body to auto body work and tried to stay in the entertainment business. Oh my god, Joey. Amy struggled with life after prison. In 2000, Amy signed up for Match.com. She met a man who others say reminded them a lot of Joey. He was an older guy, just same thing. 2009 to 2011, she was in three adult movies. She later said her husband forced her into sex work because he liked the attention of her being a, a porn star. Oh, my God. Amy's, Amy's marriage ended in 2015. She changed her name to avoid being recognized any longer. She has never escaped the name, the Long Island Lolita. That's awful. I mean. Isn't that so sad? Like, I didn't have any pity it's like for her. sad for her and, and Mary Jo. I didn't have any pity for her. But then when I when I researched this, it's like she 100% is a victim in this. She is. And I mean. She was a child. There's no. She there's, clearly has issues with men. Well, the thing is, is that the, you can't. Kids up until they're what? In their mid to late 20s, late 20s. They can't. They they can't connect like cause and like. Was it not cause and effect? I guess cause and effect. So they can't. They can't determine, like, say, oh, my God, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. It's really hard for them to do that. She was totally a kid. She wasn't even in her 20s. Right. And, you know, she was having these men feed her all this bullshit, and she believed it. Yeah. And she loved the attention. And, you know, I— And clearly she's still picking the wrong men. Yeah. Well, she ended um, up—I listened to her interview with Oprah— and with her interview with Oprah, I think she has, like, she's in her 30s. She has, like, two kids now. And her husband, she's happy. Um, so she has a better life now. Okay. So, um, but, yeah, she's just, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's living on Long Island. I could be wrong, though. I forget what they said. But I just feel like, you know, when you're younger like that and you date an older person, because I definitely did that, it's disgusting. But at the time, I didn't think it was gross. I thought it was fucking cool that my boyfriend could buy me anything I wanted. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool that I didn't have, you know, like he would pick me up from school. Nobody, nobody, none of us even drove. Right. And my boyfriend would drive up in a freaking 65 Corvette and pick me up from school. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, so that's the kind of stuff. But and I just thought I was the coolest chick in school. I was like, oh, people be like, is that your dad? I'm like, no, it's my boyfriend. Yeah, man. I love the attention. I remember the girls like that at school. But I love the attention. (laughs) But I think now that's fucking disgusting. Disgusting, I didn't understand how disgusting it was then. But I just don't like I I feel same with me. But I was with a guy and I always thought it was weird. Like, why is why is he with a 16-year-old? Like, I I thought it was weird that he was with me. See, I never thought it was weird. I just, like, love and life because he would buy me anything I yeah. wanted. Um, And I just thought that it was, I don't know, it was weird. It was very weird. And then when I decided, I can't do this. This, this guy's a whack. And I tried to break up with him. He, like, lost his shit yeah. and stalked me and all yeah, kinds of stuff. That. And I just, you know, I'm like, I can't, I totally understand where she was because they have you eating out of the palm of their hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like going to the fucking petting zoo and feeding the animals. They're going to follow you around everywhere. Yeah. 
You know, you feed Lynn, she's yours forever. <laughs> <laughs> Buy her a present. Buy her pre- no, it's around. usually just food. Food. <laughs> so that was an absolutely nuts story. And that I'm, was really good. I'm, I enjoyed that. I'm interest, I was really interested in reading more about it because I, I'd watched the movies and stuff like that, but they're all kind of the same. But yeah. delving into like the stuff with her lawyer, I had never fucking heard That's that. That's fucking weird. What a fucking jerk. They, they see He should have men, lost his bar. Yeah. He should have men been like disbarred. that see them as targets. Like, yeah. He's like, "Oh, look, she'll put out. target on your head. My yeah. wife's not putting out today. Let me yeah. yeah. And I just think it's like this, fucking tragic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tragic. So, yeah. So if you like that, guys. Oof. So, um make sure you guys give us a follow on No Ordinary Women Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok and on the X we are no ord ord women pod. You can email us at rose.stein at noordinarywomenpod.com or lynn.puntillo at noordinarywomenpod.com. Or you, or you can just go to our website, which is noordinarywomenpod.com, and shoot us a message in there. That's where we've gotten most of our messages from our biggest fans. So, and if you want to shoot us a DM, we're going to be doing some giveaways in the next week or yeah, so. Yeah, we have so some stuff to give away, guys. Hold on to your hats. We're giving away Rose's virginity. <laughs> My virginity. <laughs> I still have hanging on to that. Hanging on by a, by a thread. So, until next week, y'all. Bye. Bye.